Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Most of you know we're in a series of messages entitled Asking for a Friend. And today we're going to be talking about a lot of your questions that have to do with the subject of healing. Such questions as, should a Christian take medicine or preventative medicine? Um, is sickness demonic? What are the right words to pray for healing for a friend? And uh, why are some people healed, even not healed, even when you're believing for healing? So I wanted to start with uh, Christians in medicine. Right? In, in Proverbs 8, in verse 19, it says, He who is loose and slack in his work is brother to him who destroys. And he who does not use his endeavors to heal himself is brother to him who commits suicide. So the Bible says, do what you can to be healed. Um, What that is saying is saying doctors are not wrong. In fact, in the Bible, Luke, who is a doctor, is referred to as the beloved physician. There's not, doctors are good. In fact, I think if it wasn't for doctors, most Christians would be dead. Right? So the Bible is not against medicine or doctors at all. Now, with that said, in 2 Chronicles 16, now it says, in the 39th year of his reign, Jehoshaphat's reign, or excuse me, Asa's reign, he became diseased in his feet and his madly was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So let me put it this way. Go to God first. Go to God first. Now, there's nothing wrong with medicine. Medicine's good. Doctors are good. Uh, But may I just say God's better. God is better. Um, Then several people were wondering about sickness and the demonic. By one person just put it, is sickness demonic? Well, in Acts 10, 38, it says this. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, notice it says Jesus healed those who were oppressed of the devil. Uh, Many people are taught that God is the author of sickness, that God makes you sick to punish you, to teach you, to test you. But the Bible here says that sickness is demonic oppression. And I want to say that in no place in the Bible does it call sickness a blessing. In Deuteronomy 28, God calls sickness a curse. In Job 32, he calls it captivity. In Luke, the 13th chapter, he's talking about this woman who's been oppressed of the devil. It's an oppression for 38 years. So it's not called a blessing. It's captivity. It's a curse. It's bondage. Jesus said, whom Satan has bound. It's called oppression, but it's not called a blessing. So Jesus healed all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus is perfect theology. There's some places you can look and you wonder, what about this? What about that? What we need to do is look at Jesus. He's perfect theology. He is God in the flesh. He shows us exactly what the will of God is. 
There is not one case where Jesus refused to heal someone. Now, there are cases where they did not receive, but it wasn't because of Jesus, it was because of themselves. For example, in Mark's gospel in the sixth chapter, it says that Jesus could there, not wouldn't, could do no mighty work because of their unbelief. Not because of his unbelief, but because of their unbelief. And notice, Jesus, who's God in the flesh, who's anointed, Acts 10 says, with healing power, he could do no mighty work because of their unbelief. So their unbelief kept the power of God from bringing healing. In Luke, the 13th chapter, in the 10th verse, it says, now he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and in could no way raise herself up. Now, in this particular case, the root cause is a spirit. The Bible calls it a spirit of infirmity. If the doctors had examined her, they would have given us a diagnosis perhaps of curvature of the spine. Now, and it would be true, but the reason for the curvature of the spine is a spirit of infirmity. Now, often when it is a spirit of infirmity, it moves. Right? You've got problems here, and that gets taken care of, and then you've got problems here, and that gets taken care of, and then you've got problems here. Right? See, it, it'll often move. Now, so Jesus saw her. He called her to himself and said, woman, you're loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. When sickness is demonic, right, there's very often immediate results. Right? You'll notice immediately she's made straight. Right? Now, normal healing, Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's a process. Right? Uh, in James, the fifth chapter, it says to pray, pray, pray the prayer of faith, right? And the Lord will raise him up. Again, process. We want miracles. And not that there aren't instantaneous miracles. But most of the time, it's a process. And even often, if it's demonic, the spirit is immediately gone. But it takes the body a while to repair the damage that has been done. Right? So he laid his hands on her. And immediately, she's made straight. She glorifies God. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there's six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord answered and said, hypocrite, doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead him away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, Think of it, 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Now, Jesus said that this woman ought to be healed because she's a daughter of Abraham. That's the reason healing belongs to her. In Galatians 3, the Bible says, if you are Christ, when you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. You're a son of Abraham or a daughter of Abraham and heirs, according to the promise. If she ought to be healed because she's a daughter of Abraham, 
you ought to be healed because you are a son or a daughter of Abraham. And notice Jesus said, whom Satan has bound. So there are times when sickness is actually a demonic spirit, right? Now, somebody said, well, can a Christian have a demon? Not in their spirit, they can't, right? But in their physical body, they could have a demonic attack. Or in their mind, they could have a demonic attack, right? For example, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Do you know that fear can actually be a spirit? It can be demonic spirit, right? But it's not attacking your spirit. It's attacking your, your mind, right? Your spirit was sealed on the day of salvation, right? But your mind is being renewed, right? and your body's crazy. Your body will not be saved until Jesus comes back. So Romans 5, verse 12, therefore, just as through one man's sin, through one man's sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sin. So one man's sin, Adam, Adam and Eve, through what they did, sin, death, sickness, disease, war, pestilence, every evil thing you can think of came in. So ultimately, yeah, Every sickness traces its roots back to Satan coming in and bringing death and sickness and disease into humanity, right? But not all sickness is a demonic spirit. So somebody asked this, what are the right words to pray for healing for a friend? Um, That I know of, there's eight New Testament ways to be healed. God wants us healed. It's just not like there's one way. There's more than one way. But I thought I would just mention two specific ways that I believe are, are the most common ones for us to use. Right? And, and the first one is simply the commanding prayer. Right? Jesus said in Luke 10, behold, I give you authority. Now, when he said that, he wasn't just talking to the 12 apostles. He was talking to you and I, to the church. He's saying, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, of the devil, and nothing shall by any means hurt or harm you. So you have authority, but you have to use that authority. If if it's not used, it will do you no good. So I think a great example of this is found in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John, they went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the date of the temple, which is called Beautiful, and asked for alms of those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give you. But what I have, what does he have? He has authority. He has authority. So he says, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. He's releasing his faith. And that man is releasing his faith. He lifts him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones receive strength. Did he pray? Not in the traditional sense, but he used authority. He said, what I have. Now, Now, What Peter did right there will get him kicked out of about 80% of the churches in America. 
to say that you've got something, right? But Jesus gave you something. He gave you authority and he gave you his name to use. And that authority has to be used, right? Now, the second type of prayer and, and, um, that I want to talk about for praying for somebody is the prayer of agreement, right? Because there's different kinds of prayer and every type of prayer functions a little bit differently. So Matthew 18, 19, and again, I say to you, if any two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven, right? So it says any two, you need to agree. Now, and, and literally you could say you like, you need to make a symphony, right? Now you get a symphony. I have no idea how many instruments there are, but they're all agreeing. They're playing the same notes, the same tune. They're going in the same direction. Right? A lot of times people think, well, if I could just get a thousand people to pray for me, you know what? If they aren't in agreement, you'd be better off with two. You need to have people in agreement. So about 10 days ago, uh, we get a call from a friend who asked us to pray for their granddaughter and sends us a picture. Right? It's about one o'clock and we pray. Right? And Janie actually wrote down the prayer. Now, the reason she did that, and we sent them the prayer, right, was so that they could agree. Now, this, this little, little granddaughter, a friend's granddaughter, has a rare staph infection over her entire body, and, it, and she is just like in super pain, right? So one o'clock, we pray. And this is, this is the prayer that we pray, all right? All right? We cut the curse off at its very roots in Jesus' name. That infection is part of the curse of the law. Right? And we command you to loose, Sal, that's our friend's name, grandbaby, and cease from tormenting her now. We apply the blood of Jesus and the resurrection power of his body to this little one's body. Christ took the curse of sin, pain, and infection so she can be healed. We thank you, Lord, for granting her peace, comfort, and sleep. We bless her immune system to function perfectly and strongly in Jesus' name. And we sent that to them, one o'clock. 8, 8.30 at night, they send us this picture. But we agree. A lot of times you've got one person who's thinking, well, maybe God's going to heal. And somebody else who's, yeah, God's going to heal. And somebody else think, well, no, maybe they're getting punished. Maybe God's testing them. You see, you, you need to be in agreement. You need to be making a symphony. And, and that's why Janie says, we just need to write things down and send them to people when we're going to pray for something. And let's get in agreement, right? You want people to agree. Now, Jesus said, when you agree, it will be done. It's a done deal. All right. So then another question why are some people not healed even when you believe for their healing? Right? Now, there's a variety of reasons. Right? Um, but let me just give you the, an example of this. Uh, it's in Mark 9. I believe it's in Matthew 13. Jesus is coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. A man brings his son who has seizures to the disciples. And the disciples, they minister to the boy, but there's no, no healing. There's no deliverance. There's no relief. And when Jesus comes, the man comes over to Jesus 
and says, Jesus, if you can do anything, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So the man is saying, Jesus, it's all up to you. And Jesus said, no, it's not all up to me. And remember in Nazareth, Jesus is anointed with healing power, but he could do no mighty work because of their unbelief, the Bible says. So even Jesus, God in the flesh, anointed of the Holy Ghost with healing power, could not heal because of their unbelief. So Jesus tells the man, if you can believe, and the man says, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So for years, I did not understand that you can believe and have unbelief both. See, and if your unbelief or your doubt is stronger than your belief, it's going to move you away from healing and not towards healing. So he says, I believe, help thou my unbelief. So Jesus ministers to the boy and the boy is healed, completely delivered. Now the disciples ministered and did not get healing. But Jesus ministered and got healing. So what does that tell you? That sometimes you and I, we aren't perfect. We're not perfect. And sometimes it's God's will for healing, but we've got unbelief. right? We've got unbelief. And it also tells us that the person we're ministering to has to have some degree of belief. Some degree. And, and, And it's almost like if they're in neutral You know, you you might be able to push them along. But if there's any unbelief, it just puts the brakes on. It puts on the brakes. Uh, So often people say it's a lack of faith. Sometimes that may be true. Because people have been told God's punishing you. God's testing you. God wants you to suffer for his glory. You you have that kind of teaching and, and it destroys your faith. It can destroy that. That's got to get uprooted and and taken out. Unforgiveness can be a reason. You know, over in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Be angry, don't sin, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Do not give Satan an opportunity or a foothold. You know, when there's unforgiveness, it shuts faith down. It It can keep a person from receiving what God wants them to have. Sometimes people don't release their faith. Uh, I believe it's in Acts, oh, I'm not going to say which chapter it is, but they, they come to the town of Lystra and it says there they preach the gospel. Right? And Paul is preaching and the Bible says there's a man that's there, impotent from his feet, who had never walked. The same heard Paul preach. And Paul looked at him and perceived that he had faith to be healed. So did the man have faith to be healed? Yes. But was he healed? Not yet. You can have faith to be healed and not be healed because you've got to release your faith. There has to be a point where you stop thinking, I'm going to be healed and say, I receive it and I have it now. So Paul got that man. He he, he literally, he sees that man and he yells at him and, and says, stand straight up on your feet. And that man begins to do what he could not do because he had faith to be healed. And instantly, the power of God came and gave him strength in his legs and in his feet. So, So there's different reasons. But the thing that we always need to remember is this. 
is Jesus is perfect theology. Got that? Jesus is perfect theology. It says in the book of Hebrews, Jesus is speaking. He says, I have come to do thy will, O God. Right? Jesus never refused to heal a single person. Again, there were people who didn't receive because of their unbelief. But it wasn't Jesus' unbelief. Jesus was always, 100% of the time, ready to heal. It says about Abraham in Romans chapter 4 that he was fully persuaded. Got that? You need to be fully persuaded. No doubt. Mark 11, Jesus said, and do not doubt in your heart. Do not doubt. Don't let that unbelief in. So in a few minutes, we're going we're to uh, pray for people. But I just want to say a couple of things before we do. I believe the number one thing that you need to understand to receive healing from God is that God wants you well. You cannot doubt. James said, he who doubts is like the winds, uh, the waves of the sea, and let not that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. The greatest thing that ever happens is you get saved and you get forgiven and you're on your way to heaven. But there's benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Acts 10, 38, how God God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord, your physician, or I am the Lord who heals you. Exodus 23, 25, so you'll serve the Lord your God. He'll bless your bread and your water and take sickness away from the midst of you. Both take and away in the Hebrew are the same word. They're the same word. It means to turn away, to decline, or turn off. You can literally say, God is saying right here, I will turn sickness off. That's God's will. God's will is for you to be well. Now, we say that without hesitation because healing is found in the atonement. Now, the atonement is what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. The Old Testament Jewish prophet, Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus is born, he has a prophetic vision. And he said this, Isaiah 53, 4. This is my new King James. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we streamed him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Griefs and sorrows. The Hebrew words are almost always translated pains and diseases. So I have some other translations for you. The basic translation in English says, but it was our pains he took and our diseases were put on him. Your disease was put on Jesus, Dr. Isaac Lesser. But only our diseases did he bear himself and our pains he carried. Just like he carried your sin, he carried your pain. Another translation, surely our diseases did he bear and our pains he carried. Rather, man, for surely our sicknesses he carried. And, our, and as for our pains, he carried the burden of them. Jesus took your sicknesses and our pains. The fifth verse 
says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we're healed. Different trans, lesser. Through his bruises was healing granted to us. My favorite, Rothermass. By his stripes, there is healing for you. There is healing for you because of his stripes. The blows that fell on him have brought us healing. Dr. Moffat's translation, Dr. Young. By his bruises, there's healing for us. And just in case anybody's wondering, the Holy Spirit makes sure we get it right. In the New Testament, he puts it in context. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirit with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah 53. Jesus himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. I've heard people say, well, that's just mental problems. No, you look what right here. It was healing. It was deliverance. It was physical. Like I said, the Holy Spirit brings it into context. Right? Now, sickness is a result of the fall. Right? When Satan came into this world, sickness and disease, those things came in. Now, the last thing I want to say is that healing is spiritual. You say, what does that mean? That means you receive it by faith in your heart first, and then it manifests in the physical. Most people want to see it or feel it on the outside first, and then believe it on the inside, right? But things that are received spiritually are believed first and received in our heart first, right? So we're going to take some time. And uh, we're going to pray for the sick this morning. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. Worship team's going to come back up. But Jesus said, and they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So if you're here today and you say, I'd like to have hands laid on me today. I'm going to believe God for healing. I want to invite you to come forward and I'm going to ask you to come, come right now. And I'm going to give you some instructions as you're coming. But we're all going to pray for you. But then I'm going to come by specifically. There's going to be, first of all, we're going to have a commanding prayer, right? And after that, I'm going to come by and I'm going to lay hands on you, right? And uh, as I lay hands on you, we're believing God for the healing power of God to flow into your body. So here's some things I want to, I want to, to say, and I want you to listen if you're coming for healing, all right? Don't be praying, right? Don't be praying. Right? Be receiving. Just keep your, your, your heart open to receive. Right? And I want you to remember this. After you're prayed for, right, um, the healing power of God is going to be working in your body. Right? And so uh, what I would do is I would be quiet. Right? I wouldn't get together with a bunch of family and have a party. Right? Seriously. When you leave, the healing power of God is going to be working in you. Right? Um, now, somebody says, well, what if, what if my problem is demonic? Acts 19.10 is our example of this, right? And it's the healing power of God flows. And it says, and the evil spirits depart from them, right? Depart from them. So it's going to bring healing. But if it's demonic, 
it's going to literally dissolve that thing. It's going to be gone. Now, sometimes you'll, you'll be prayed for and it seems like things get worse. When Jesus prayed for that boy that had the seizures, instantly it got worse. But you know what? That was just a sign of? That was just a sign the devil was on his way out. Just a sign he's on his way out. All right? Uh, and, and I want you to remember that God's going to meet you at the point of your expectation or the point of your faith. So believe. Believe. Don't go, well, I'm going to see what he's got. I got nothing. I've got nothing. But uh, God's got something for you today. All right? So I want you to be believing. You can worship, but be believing. Uh, don't, be, don't be praying. Just sit back. Say, God, I'm worshiping you. I'm receiving the healing power of God into my body. And when hands are laid on you, that's when you release your faith. All right? So I'm going to ask everybody, extend your hands. I want you to agree with this prayer. Father, we thank you that you forgive all our iniquities. You heal all our diseases. That you are the Lord, our physician, the Lord, our healer. And that Jesus himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. And by his stripes, healing was purchased and made available to us. And we thank you, Lord, that every believer has been translated out of the kingdom, out from under the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the son of your love. And no sickness, no disease, no oppression has any right in any of these bodies. And we tell sickness and disease right now, we put you on notice, you're trespassing. And we bind you in Jesus' name. And we command you, go from their bodies. We curse every sickness, every disease in Jesus' name. And we command you, go. We give you no place. And we loose the healing power of God onto their bodies, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet to bring health, healing, soundness, deliverance, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for it. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you again soon.